Hi everyone, and welcome to Employee, your podcast for rethinking employment. My name is Christina Walker-Meyer, and I'm your host for this podcast. Today we have Pedro Oliveira uh, here with us today. Hi, Pedro. Hi. I'm really happy that you jumped in for our next episode so spontaneously and that you're taking the time to answer our questions. Pedro is the co-founder of Landing.Jobs, and they have come up with a very interesting model called Your Fit that we would like to present today. And we're currently at the Productize conference in Lisbon, where I was invited as a speaker. And while I was strolling through the conference booth, I discovered a little red booklet uh, with concrete tips on how to land your next job gig. And, uh, yeah, it included uh, very interesting so uh, thoughts on reflecting on your current job situation. And I thought this fits perfectly into the podcast concept. So yeah, I'm uh, very, very honored that you're taking your time so spontaneously. Uh, thanks for having me. So before we uh, talk about your company and the concept of your fit, can you tell us a little bit about yourself and what is your background and what was your journey until you've become a co-founder of Landing.Jobs? Okay, that's a, that's a big question. So my, my background is uh, computer science. Um, so when I was a kid, I was always uh, building, um, you know, computers. So more into the hardware than software, to be honest. But I was a heavy gamer as well. Um, so I, I just feel that naturally I would go into somewhere in this direction. Um, I always uh, was also doing, you know, getting myself into trouble business-wise, like, you know, selling stuff, uh, uh, buying and then selling for profit, these kind of things. Eventually, I went on to university and studied computer science. Um, when I was at uni, I, um, with a colleague of mine, I built uh, a microscopic version of landing jobs. So uh, we had a very simple site uh, where we would curate the companies we worked with. And then we found like internships and recent grad roles for our colleagues. Mm -hmm. um, it was cool, you know, uh, but it was uh, a very amateur thing. You know, we weren't doing it for profit. We we're just doing to help our colleagues. Um, later on, you know, I did some, some internships. I studied in the Netherlands uh, as well in, in Delft University. And um, essentially, I went on to work in consulting businesses in corporates. Uh, I also uh, managed uh, development teams remotely uh, while I was doing um, this big, big project for the EU, mm -hmm. um, which was fun. And um, yeah, on the, on the side, I was always uh, building other stuff and businesses. I had a previous company before landing jobs. And back, you know, to keep it short, back in 2013, I met my co-founder, Jose, uh, which, by the way, disclaimer, is the original, by the way, he's 19 years old, older than me. Really? Which is really a good diversity mix in terms of age. So now and how old are you? <laughs> <laughs> I'm 32 at the moment. Okay. Um, and uh, essentially, you know, the, the your fit uh, is uh, it, it comes from his experience. And mm -hmm. then we, we use landing jobs to turn it into something real. Uh, and we try to use it in the pro in the product, but we'll talk about it later. Yeah. Right. Um, so I met Jose in t back in 2013. Um, at the beginning, it was just me working full time. He was still doing some stuff in consulting businesses. Uh, working moonlighting with me. So we launched in 2014. 
Um, and then I, I remember having conversations with Jose, dude, what are you doing with your life? You know, come at least try to change uh, somebody in this life, you know, follow the challenge. The challenge yeah. is here, not where you are. And, you know, drop the really nice salary for yeah. no salary, yeah. basically. <laughs> and uh, which is, you know, it's in the, 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 if you read the book, it's, it's there also. And uh, yeah, he joined in mid 2014, and then you know we raised uh, some venture capital in 2015. Um, we rebranded because before we had a different, very crappy name um, that we as engineers came up with, which okay. wasn't very good. What was uh, it? Job box. Ah, okay. Two Bs. Like I always got the question: How yeah. many Bs? And like three Bs, two Bs, one Bs. Or sometimes, are you from Dropbox? No. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, it's a sales killer. It's a yeah. sales killer. So we change it. Uh, we invested a lot more into the product. I moved to London mm-hmm. uh, to expand there. This was before Brexit. Um, then Brexit happened. Um, we waited a little bit uh, to see what would turn out. Just so you have a feeling. They change your mind. If they change their mind, maybe. Which uh, we all for. <laughs> it was really tough. I was there on the day. It was a really depressive day, mm-hmm. like collectively. I've never seen something like that. Uh, London was pro-EU. Um, also, our pipelines of recruitment for London, for the UK, dropped 30% mm-hmm. the day after, which is natural. I mean, if you go into you know work environment, um, you know, political conditions of the country. If you want to move country, yeah. it's 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 a thing on the checklist, yeah, right? It wasn't there, and then it is, and you're like, okay, now I'm going to Germany instead, you know, mm-hmm. instead of going to the UK. And then after that, I came back to Portugal, and then um, we started improving the product, and we just launched the this red booklet like a week ago, uh, but we had it in digital form for mm-hmm. a while now. So yeah. can you just quickly tell us what Landing Jobs is about and yeah, can you explain to us what services you offer, for whom? Yeah, so um, yeah, the simple pitch is we are a tech recruitment marketplace. Uh, we match technical talent with the companies. Mm-hmm. Uh, so talent can apply to, to jobs organically um, in a very transparent manner, like we create all the companies. Uh, that work with us, but also companies can apply to talent, uh, keeping their anonymity um, assured. Mm-hmm. So you only unlock a profile if the talent says so, if mm-hmm. they explicitly allow. So we are very GDPR uh, compliant, mm-hmm. uh, just for the record. And uh, I mean, uh, other things that go under the iceberg is all the support that our talent team gives to to talent, whether they are classified as top talent at the beginning of uh, their journey in landing jobs, whether they are at the end of a stage and they need help with CV reviews, mock interviews, salary negotiations, all of these things. We also support visas for internationals, non-European, and we have a very nice level of success, like placing people from Brazil, for instance, in Europe. And uh, the way that we evaluate talent Uh, So we use a team of curators, so uh, selected people that assess the um, applications based on on the Yorfit model, kind of. And um, yeah, we're learning. We have a learner to learn from their decisions. So eventually we can one day at least have some level of automatization. Because if you think about it, recruitment is the perfect machine learning Mm -hmm. problem. It's very human. It's very flawed. It's very biased. So what problems are you trying to solve? 
in a nutshell? Uh, in, okay, that's a, that's a very good question and uh, a easy to answer question. So, uh, but also hard. So easy to answer because if we think short term, like our mission is to become the best tech recruitment marketplace in Europe. So mm -hmm. the, we can only do this by providing the great experience to companies and to talent. I mean, what we found out like back in 2016 was... I mean, we always focused in, in the talent side, like 80% of the product team hours would go into talent features and all that stuff because talent first, right? Yeah. What we found out was, sure, that makes sense. But if you don't take care of the other side, then the talent first experience that you want to provide, you cannot really provide because we are providing for companies, we're attracting, evaluating and making sure they're engaged with the talent. Mm -hmm especially this last part, the engagement part. If we don't properly onboard them, train them, all of that, yeah. there's no point, there's no talent first experience. So in, in, uh, in short, the problem we're trying to, to solve is to make the best matchmaking possible so people stay longer in the companies they are hired for mm -hmm. um, based on the Orfit model that they, they use to evaluate the multiple offers they get on the table. Uh, the long-term thing is like, uh, landing jobs, we have the belief that we believe that the, the market uh, should be a little bit different in the way that the employees position themselves in terms of HR. So some of the functions like performance management or career development are still in the HR department. We believe, and this, is, this goes for both ways, for companies and talent, we believe that not only the job search function, but the career development function should be with the person, with the professional, and not something that is an HR function. So it's something more across. So we hope that, uh, we believe that in the future, like professionals will have access to the right tools to make proper career decisions mm -hmm. that, you know, then that will affect the job search itself. So, um, yeah, let's start and uh, speak about your fit. It was actually the, the little red book I was talking about. Um, what is the idea of the right, uh, of the your fit model and uh, yeah which problems are you trying to solve and for whom okay so first of all uh, as I said as a disclaimer my, most of it was written by my co-founder uh, Jose uh, also it is not exactly uh, tech focused so it can it can work for all professions yeah. even though it comes from a tech world yeah okay um, but I feel like all the the four segments and the why which we'll cover later I guess is um, appropriate for all the, the professionals out there mm -hmm. I guess at least knowledge professionals mm -hmm. um, the background story to this I mean it comes from all the experience of my co-founder hiring loads and loads of people from multiple cultures. I mean, he opened an office in Sao Paulo, in Brazil. Uh, he worked in Lisbon. I mean, his experience is vast. And, uh, you know, I told you about the, the huge uh, age gap. It's actually a generation gap, mm -hmm. 19 years. It's definition of a generation yes, gap. <laughs> and uh, it's very, it's very, um, let's say, um, it's, it was like my MBA. Like I did my MBA for free. Mm -hmm. In a way, let's put it like this. I like to say it like this. It's not exactly like this. But uh, it came from this. Like he, he managed, he helped a lot of people uh, go to their careers. And at some point he started to connect the, the, the pieces of the puzzle. What, what's actually the motivations behind this? And then this book covers that. It's kind of a model uh, to help people uh, try to understand why they're doing what they're doing, why they're taking that job. 
Um, and you know what? Some uh, some people really read it, and then they it really helps them uh, make the right choice. Mm. Uh, but it's based on his experience, and uh, all the um, all the different people he's met that made the, the right or the wrong choices. Yeah. And uh, yeah. Yeah, I guess this what uh, actually also caught my interest a little bit that it somehow starts with the why. So why are you doing the job that you're doing? So yeah, let's actually jump into the details of the model. Which steps or areas does it include? Yeah, so in uh, before like going into specifics, so you have the why, which you should always start with that. And it's not only for talent, but also for companies, you know. Mm -hmm. Why are you uh, hiring for this position for the company side? Why are you looking for a new job, a new challenge? And then you go into the, the four other parts of the, the model. You have the all things about environment, from office to type of company you want to work with, uh, to the challenge, which is a very important one, uh, growth opportunities, leadership positions or not, um, then economics, obviously, um, and then competencies. I think one... Uh, not sure if this is jumping to the end or not, but it's very hard for someone to be fully happy with the four yeah. at once. Usually you can achieve a very good level of happiness with three of them. Let's say you just had a kid um, or a couple of kids, you have a couple of kids, so probably you're going to be looking at economics mm -hmm. strongly. So you want to work at the company that provides you this and you want to improve your, so the last one is competencies, I forgot to say, you want to improve your skills as well and you want to work for maybe a type of company that is more corporate to give you a bit more stability. So maybe you're going to drop the challenge a little bit at yeah. this phase in your life. So. This means that the, your fit can change throughout your life. Mm -hmm. And it does. Mm -hmm. So these are the four. So environment, economics, challenge and competencies. All right. Can you describe every, every uh, area of them a bit like further? And what are usually the trade-offs for people in those four areas? Okay. So do you, do you want to go into the why first? Yeah. Okay. So the why, because it's the first question you should be asking yourself. Uh, why uh, are you taking, why are you looking for a, a new job? And now, then there's multiple things that it could be the reason. One is, you know, earning more money. Mm -hmm. You know, I know people don't like to talk about it, but it's a perfectly valid reason. Or if you want to move into freelancing yeah. from a permanent role to earn more money, you know, it's totally fine. I think um, earning money is fine. It's, com it's completely <laughs> fine. Um, <laughs> associated or not with that one is to boost your career. I know this is very general, but for instance, if you join a startup um, and, you know, it, like your career is not that interesting but if you join a startup you have a lot of green fields yeah. and that can really boost your career so you g can get to that title uh, really fast mm -hmm. which in a corporate forget it you have all the castles already lined up yeah. you cannot storm all the castles it's really tough uh, not sure if the castles uh, it's understandable so in a corporate environment basically all the career paths within the company are pretty much defined and if you want, if you are someone that is ambitious and you want to boost your career, um, it's real. It's going to be really hard for you because um, unless you know someone that knows someone and that will facilitate your growth, um, everybody that works in the corporate usually they are there for a while, so they protect themselves. Uh, so it's a lot harder to make a move 
uh, in there. If it was a consulting business, the the pace, the speed is a lot faster, so it's easier. But then it's expected of you, and then there's a lot of uh, competition to to get there. So boosting your career is another one. Um, you know, finding uh, sometimes people want a new challenge just because they don't feel they are fit with the company, at least at that. Uh, moment mm -hmm. um, so finding the right fit company or to gain international experience totally fine totally acceptable um, improving your work-life balance we just uh, gave an example about that and then uh, personal growth and other reasons like family health it's perfectly valid to go to uh, to you know the why yeah. to to cover this why from the the talent side from the company side it's quite uh, different so it can be for instance if you are a corporate you are uh, doing a spin-off so you want to hire people for the spin-off so it's totally clean up or if you are a startup you need to um, start hiring uh, right away uh, or scale up if you want to attract top industry talent if you want to replace someone someone mm -hmm. leaves and uh, sometimes this is hard to explain in interviews but it's perfectly acceptable. Someone to do firefighting to uh, out of control project, um, <laughs> which is very common, but uh, not very, or I, I would say companies would not say this in a very transparent manner, at least. And uh, yeah, essentially there's, there's a couple more, but this uh, I guess covers it all. And then if we go into the other four, um, the other four quadrants, like starting with environment, um, when it comes to, to work environment, we have obviously the office and remote. Uh, so this is a very big deal. Like we did uh, like at landing jobs, we run a survey recently and only like 10% of the people uh, in tech, like developers wanted to work at the office all the time. Like 90% want some form of remote and I think 30% wanted full remote. And that's huge and companies need to follow this. If companies start providing this uh, type of opportunities, they will have access to, I wouldn't say better talent, but I would say to maybe a different type of talent. So uh, this is definitely one of the things. Another thing about environment, especially in startups, is the culture, the vision, the mission. I would say like in corporates, maybe this is not the thing, um, but definitely I see this a lot in like startups, try to put this in the jobs, uh, job descriptions. And there's, uh, you know, the type of companies, scale up, small, medium enterprises, startups, mm -hmm. and corporates. Um, these are pretty much the four types of companies you can work for. And when you consider environment as a whole, these are the four things. And I, I, I joined the location with flexibility because I think those are very related. But flexibility, for instance, for women can be maternity leave sort of things. Tandems uh, also, like working in a tandem. Those sort of things. And, and for, for guys as well, yeah. you know. Uh, it's interesting, right, that uh, all the developers are asking for um, working remotely. Um, I just said it in my former episode, uh, I talked to, with Katarina about like those open offices and that uh, in the end, we're all about creating those product teams and sitting here at a product conference, we all talk about engineers, product people, designers, everyone should sit together. But then in the end, like developers are asking for working remotely because I can understand it a little bit because how it is lived in most companies is you're giving people individual tasks, but then 
putting them in an open office so everyone is just distracted and especially developers who need to concentrate yeah um, I think it's the makers versus manager yeah. schedule uh, I mean they need to put uh, the noise cancelling phones when they are in the office I see this constantly if you interrupt them you need to realize you're interrupting a series of mind of a very probably unless it's like a super stupid bug they're solving but Potentially, you are interrupting a very uh, complex uh, thought process. And, you know, you ask the question, then they answer, and then they need to get back to it. And it's not easy, it's not productive, and it's frustrating. And that, I guess, that's the reason behind the remote work. But I might be wrong. That might not be mm. the, the only reason. Mm -hmm. Okay, but one thing is for sure. I've worked remotely from London. My productivity when I was remote went through the roof mm -hmm. but my collaboration when i was remote didn't go through the roof let's yeah. put it like this um so i, I guess it's a trade-off in that mm -hmm. okay so that's environment do you want to cover the other three yeah okay so let's go to the I, I guess this is the most exciting one for me because i'm a founder so the challenge part so you know if you feel like uh you want to take on more responsibilities uh you have that uh, ambition let's put it like this so and the, you know all of this they they um they kind of impact yeah. each other and then we have a calculator for that but we'll cover later i guess um so responsibilities, uh, it's definitely something like if you are uh, uh, aiming for an ambitious career path, then you should look for jobs that have this uh, responsibilities, uh, openings, let's put it like corporates might not be the one, uh, scale up sometimes, not, not anymore, depending on the, the growth stage. Small, medium enterprises could be, uh, startups definitely. Um, it sounds like I'm pushing for startups, but yeah. I'm completely agnostic on this. No, I'm working at a corporate, so it's fine. <laughs> a technology uh, corporate, though. All right. Um, so then you have like the, the team and uh, the leadership, so you can go and work with the company because you really like the team or you really like the leader. It happens all the time, all the time. You know, it's a very human connection, especially if it's an office, but also remote, you know. Yeah. I guess when people are working remotely and I've, I've been in, I'm going to meet up after this uh, podcast session to talk about remote. I'm going to be with uh, uh, GitLab and Todoist. The, the, the oh, GitLab are a good example for remote work. Yeah, and Todoist is the same. You know, like they uh, they are remote first companies, and uh, they have that advantage. Uh, the thing is, they also look a lot for the human touch. Mm -hmm. So when you talk about work environment in these sort of companies, they really uh, struggle to find that human connection. Um, and it, it's funny, the other day I saw a tweet from a guy from one of these companies, I think it was Hotjar or something, which is the same. And they went on the retreat because they do a couple of retreats a year. And it was really sad after the retreat because he met all these people yeah. that he works with. And, you know, like it gets the sad feeling. I'm not with them anymore, just online. Mm -hmm. uh, so it's just a different way of seeing things. So, so I'm looking for an introduction to those people because it's, it actually sounds really interesting. It the is. The other day someone said, like, I should definitely talk to them as well. So You should. You should. It's a different way of working. Yeah. It's just uh, the mindset is completely different. Yeah. Uh, it's way different. I can uh, like I've been remotely, like working remotely for two and a half years. Being a remote founder is not easy. Yeah, I can um, imagine. But like the 
company culture was office centric was was remote friendly i mean we have a couple of people working remotely from barcelona and it, we are remote friendly but we will never be remote first unless it's very difficult. I've never seen a company that is not remote first go remote first. Doesn't mm -hmm. doesn't happen that that much. So uh, continuing on the challenge, we also have learning and growth opportunities. So uh, sometimes you like Java developer, but you want to shift into data, like become a data scientist or something, and then you can search for the jobs that allow that transition. So it mm -hmm. can be a, it's a perfectly valid option. Yeah. Now, moving forward into economics, I go fast on this one because yeah. everybody knows. So you have to consider the fixed salary, the variable salary, especially salespeople, but also leadership roles, uh, the benefits and perks. You know, some people like, you know, especially young folks, they, they want, they, they really can be, um, you know, turned uh, to to go into a job that is not really you know the right fit for them because the perks sound so amazing like ping pong or beers which are not exactly perks you know perks are like healthcare these sort of things are like proper perks uh, but you know benefits and perks include the, we put it in general uh, but they have different meanings. Mm -hmm. Okay, and then last uh, but definitely not least, especially for a founder, is equity and stock options. Um, I feel like, especially in the Portuguese culture, like which are, is more um, is not very a very risky culture. Let's put it like this, or the European culture in yeah. general. We're not that risk takers as Americans. Let's put it. Maybe the British people. They're rather, a little bit, yeah. yeah but with Germans, but still, either. but still, like equity, it's not very relevant but it's still a thing you know for some people for a very like the one percent or even less this could be very important i wish we had more people yeah. that uh, would consider this but i do understand why it sounds so far-fetched so mm -hmm. out there you know like what does it mean these shares it's not real money yet right mm -hmm. so and then um it leaves us with the last one the competencies and then here we have like the skills like the skills I'm good, the skills I want to work uh, on, the work experience, also like, for instance, I'm a, a mid-level developer, I want to improve my competencies and become a senior developer or a principal engineer one day. The potential of the job or, or the traits of the job that can help you reach your potential and achievements as well. So for some people, achievements are really important, like... Uh, even if that's like total bullshit, mm -hmm. but you know, like uh, employee of the year, all this stuff could be important for someone, yeah. you know, uh, some people like personality wise, they, they react really well to be, to being uh, complimented. Uh, so these things are important as well. Yeah. And then, you know, the last thing is like all about life history and ambition. Like how does this job connect to your life history uh, and your ambition, ambition? Does it make sense uh, in those terms? But that's it. This is the your fit model. Start with the why, end up with the environment, economics, challenge, and competencies. Um, yeah, actually, when I found the booklet, I thought this is actually a really, really good help for a self-reflection on am I actually right in what I'm currently doing? Because I can feel like, or I was there myself, that I had the feeling, hey, I'm like stuck somewhere, and I could not really understand why. And I think the easiest thing is in general, first of all, the easiest thing is actually complain uh, and not change something. But when you're at the point that you want to change something, often you just quit your job and apply for the same job at the exactly. next company and you don't really solve it mm -hmm. because you have not really gotten to the root cause 
of your frustration in your job. And I thought actually this booklet is a really good um, helper in just a few steps. Actually, I'm not sure if it even was intended to do that. But when I, when I actually went through it, I thought just answering those four dimensions can already help you a lot. Like, is it because of have to have the feeling I don't get enough money or is it like that I want to work remotely and I have to come to the office or is it maybe that I have the feeling I don't learn anymore and uh, yeah so maybe um, so first of all um, I hope we can actually have a digital version online that we can link later yeah we will okay well, perfect. No worries. just one one thing which is related with what you just said which is uh, the last part of the competencies one so the life history and the mission which can be described as life journey um, so basically it's all about so I'm moving I'm considering moving into this job how does this job connect with the last one and the previous one and the previous one before that and and the one before that and and how is this going to connect with the next ones mm -hmm. which I, I don't think the your fit model uh, covers like career mapping or career path making I think this last part is so maybe we should do another model which is not the your fit but your career model something like that yeah. which is more so this one is more like taking the next step mm -hmm. right and how to make the next step in the right way yeah but you should have like a roadmap and we're talking we're in a product conference so we need a roadmap yeah. right <laughs> or not or not so but if like I, I believe that you should try to have some sort of yeah. roadmap um, some sort of path yeah and uh, the life journey is all it's all about connecting this little why's yeah. the bigger why and then uh, when you make a move they're all connected at least you know in theory uh, like you can ask me why did you did you end up being a founder and maybe I can answer it was it's in the blood or it was meant to be uh, is it the right answer? Not sure. Not sure. Even me, I can say I'm connecting the dots, but I'm in a pretty good spot right now. Interestingly, um, the most people I've interviewed here, I keep telling me about their non-linear careers. But actually, when you just started to talk about the life journey and the career mapping, I think, first of all, which career is linear? But second of all, if you connect the dots of all the stations in your life. And I, I believe there were reasons why you did things in the end. Does it not become very linear? Because in the end, the product of your career, like you are the product of your career. Exactly. And in the end, like you just had some different dots, but in the end it's your career. And I think there is, maybe there is not even such thing as a non-linear career because you would not have this job today and how you do a job and why you do your job. If not with the, those dots. The work experience, all you did. It's a very we should do some... Uh, <laughs> no, it could be a very uh, interesting data science um, issue to analyze all the career paths and to try to create patterns. The thing is, especially in tech, uh, things are changing, but there's some things that are more or less patternized. It's another business idea. We'll yes. go into there in a yeah. bit. Let's just complete this mission and go to the next one. <laughs> we discussed this business idea after this episode. Yeah. Um, so why did you actually decide to go for exactly those four areas plus the why? Um, yeah, I, I mean, I guess that, that question would be better answered by, by my co-founder, but it's the talking about patterns, you know, uh, when he, he started, like he hired hundreds of people, uh, he followed hundreds of careers, he helped improve uh, 
um, dozens of careers. I mean, even people we work with in our company were people who helped, um, you know, upgrade their careers, let's put it like that. And these were the, the four main uh, axes plus the Y that, uh, that uh, it would see as a pattern. Mm -hmm. So that's it. But then we, we, when we started actually building this, so we knew there was like something around the environment or the, I think in the beginning it wasn't called environment. We were calling it um, office stuff or something like that. It was really draft, really raw. And then we started to put the things together uh, while we were learning with, with landing jobs, building the product. We started to, and all the jobs that would come to us, analyzing all the jobs, we started to fill this in and to be honest you know one year from now probably we need to revamp this a little bit so it's a it's a dynamic thing uh, but these are the core the core plus the mm -hmm. y core four plus the y yeah all right perfect how do you think this model helps people which are stuck in their job situations i think it helps them first of all realize the uh, and we also have a calculator so first mm -hmm. of all give them a number to realize they are stuck. If they are stuck, sometimes people they think they are yeah. and they're not really, or they, they are or they think they are and then they go into the calculator and then actually I'm not that bad considering. What is um, the calculator? The calculator is basically, uh, so all the elements in the your fit and then you can put a measure, a weight on each and then uh, it calculates, uh, like given a job, like for instance, uh, let's say work environment uh, office, mm -hmm. you know? So you have this job, your current job and the new job. You go there and say, okay, the office of the new job is two times better than the one I have before. But do I value that really? And then you put the weight, let's say 0.1, so it's not that valuable. Yeah. And um, you know, it gives a, gives a better score for the new office. Mm -hmm. But then you go into responsibilities and in the new role, you're actually not downgraded, but uh, the title is actually, it, it, it's a downgrade, let's put it like this. So, but you give a lot more, um, more weight to this one. So in the end, maybe your current job is better than the one you think you're moving to. And I think the Yorfit model is, I know, I think we live in a world where, and now it's going to be philosophical a bit, but we moved from a world where people w would have careers for life. And we moved into a world which is the opposite, where people are constantly changing jobs. Sometimes they're changing for the sake of changing. I don't believe neither of them. Mm -hmm. I believe something in the middle. You should change when and why for the right reasons mm -hmm. and when it's right. Mm -hmm. Okay. Sometimes change can be within the same company. Yeah. And I think the, the new generation, my generation, your generation, we sometimes forget about this. Yeah. We just start to get fed up really quickly. And then we sometimes change for something worse. Yeah. And I think this prevents that or tries to prevent yeah. that. But also to like, if it, if it's time to move, then actually yeah. make the move. So it's something in between these two generations. 
No, I can completely I understand it because I mean, in general, when I started this podcast concept, I also decided actually, okay, I want to leave my company. I need something else. And then in the end, in the very last minute, I got convinced to stay and took over a new responsibility. Um, so I had more responsibility, first of all, but it was in a complete different area of the company. So uh, since today, every day, every day I come in, I learned so much new things both um, on exactly. the actual topic I'm working on because it's something completely different. But also on the other side, it's about like more people leadership and coaching. So also it helps me grow on a personal level a lot. And I think, yeah, I feel like a complete new person and everyone is like, yeah, but you're still in the same company. I'm like, yes, but on a complete different mm -hmm. end. So it helped so me a lot as well. Probably if you did the your fit then, back yeah. then, uh, looking at the challenge from what he told me just now, the challenge, the responsibilities were um, better, let's put it in the new role within the same company. You would have leadership opportunities, learning opportunities and growth opportunities. So the challenge was way higher. And then in the end, it was easy to say, okay, let's change to the new role within the same company. Mm -hmm. And I think people don't realize these days, we have to get a lot smarter about career decisions. Yeah. Um, we, need, we need to start thinking. I mean, we, I think the human being is very flawed in some things. We are very emotional, very animal. Mm -hmm. Our animal side takes over a lot of times yeah. in our lives. And, <laughs> That's uh, true, yeah. And the, 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 the rational, <laughs> yeah, sometimes it's a turtle, sometimes it's a tiger or rats, but whatever. Um, but we, like, if there is a new race coming up and it's more rational, like, uh, they will take over mm -hmm. because we do very emotional stuff. And this goes when you're a kid, if you have a plug like an uh, uh, electricity plug, uh, the kids will try to put fingers there. Even when, even when they're older and you put the protection, they will try to put, why? Because they never experienced the, the pain. Obviously, it can kill them. That's why we put the protectors mm -hmm. things. But um, that's the animal side. Why? Yeah. It doesn't make any sense. Yeah. But the thing is, when we grow up, we are adults, the animal side sometimes takes over. And you know what? A lot of people, when, people, uh, a lot of people, when they quit, it's the animal side taking over. And I guess the Orfit is anti-animal side. Yeah, yeah. So it's more let the rational side take over. Don't make, sorry, pardon my French, don't make a stupid decision. Yeah. yeah. Um, think about it. Really think about it. Yeah. By the way, here's a model, here's a tool to help you do it. Yeah. That's it. Great. So uh, you just mentioned the your fit calculator. So is this a tool that we can find on your website or how does that work? Yeah, it's um, you can find it uh, on our website. Maybe I can share the it's on yeah. the booklet at the All end. Right. You can uh, you can link the, to that one. Yeah, I'm going to share um, the link in the show notes. And it's a very simple tool. You know, it sounds like it's a very complex. No, it's super simple. All right. But it's meant to be simple. It just needs to be rational. And That's there it. you can calculate the different scores on like your current job and a potential new job or if you're right in the, in the situation. Exactly. Yeah. That's it. And to make a mathematical decision, I, even if emotion comes in, you can put emotion into the calculator. Yeah. So if you feel like uh, somehow your gut feeling yeah. and gut oh, feeling nice. plays <laughs> a game here. Yeah. So we can use, we can try to rationalize the animal within us. Like uh, if you really, if you have the gut feeling that at this new role, whether it's within the company or, or outside, will help, will give you more, I don't know, learning opportunities, something that it, you feel that it, you, you're not seeing it, but will be there, then you can put more weight into that. Yeah. And um, yeah, gut feeling can play a role as well. Especially if you just come out of a really shitty meeting. <laughs> 
<laughs> or you have received an email uh, on a Friday night and it just destroys your weekend. <laughs> have we not all, all right. been there? All right. So if I've answered all those questions and I have my score, so how do I actually get to my next job? Or do I even have to get to my next job? First of all, I guess all this uh, game we're doing, all this um, playing with the Orfit that we're doing, um, is to get you where, you know, take it easy, don't make uh, a stupid decision, don't, ru don't rush it, okay? If you want to, uh, first of all, if you want to find a job, a new role, if you reach that conclusion and it's outside the company and you're working in tech, go to landing jobs and that's it. Especially if you are in Germany, <laughs> Spain and Portugal, yes, that's it. Yes, we love it. that advertisement in our <laughs> podcast. I had to. And then you like, you can do the your fit with all the job openings there. And if you don't want corporate, you filter it out. So, you know, it, you just do the normal job search. Okay. If it's within the company, then it's more complicated. So for so, first of all, it depends on the company. Not all the companies have the flexibility to kind of give you a different tour of duty, a different career path within the company. Uh, by the way, tour of duty is a really nice uh, concept coined by some guy, I, I should know the name, but it's on Harvard Business Review. I can share the link later. Mm -hmm. But it's kind of an employee uh, company contract with um, a tour of duty there is a uh, basically there's a timeline there's stepping stones and there there's a final goal and for instance in your situation in the, the company you were at or you are at um you had like a, a given goal you weren't really happy about it but then you come up with a new tour of duty within the same company mm -hmm. that allowed you to work on your responsibilities leadership and learning opportunities right um not all companies are open for this, uh, especially like corporates will be less. Uh, so you need to analyze this. That's why a lot of people, in order to grow, they need to go to a new role in a different company. Mm -hmm. It's tough, yeah. it's tough. That's why a lot of people change jobs. Um, they actually may like things at the, their, their job, but there's just not the opportunity to grow there or whatever their, mm -hmm. your fit is. So what would you advise people that are currently stuck in their current job situation? I guess like the, the first thing is realizing if you're really stuck and then the, the why. Mm -hmm. uh, and if you figure that out and, uh, and uh, by the way, talking with, with friends and family can be tricky. They can give you really bad advice. Um, so it's, it's, you know, it's, it's why we built this sort of model so you can do it on your own. Yeah. If you trust someone and you think someone is rational enough to yeah. give you advice. So first of all, f going back, first step is realizing you're stuck. If you are stuck, then uh, I guess the next step is really realizing like what to do. And I guess from my perspective, I would first look into opportunities within my company. Mm. Okay. But, you know, I do realize most of the times, um, the opportunity is not exactly there. Sometimes the company can say there will be an opportunity, but they never arrive. So you need to make that calculation there. But if you don't, you realize then that's not going to work. And then I start doing the job search outside. So I would take this three step. Am I really stuck? Yes, I am. Can I find a new thing that excites me? Whatever my fit, my your fit results is within the company. No, then job search go outside. It's really interesting that you say 
uh, friends and family are actually not a good source. You're the second person telling me that, but it's true. I mean, if I would just think what, I don't know, my family and friends would tell me is was also usually, uh, Christina, you're insane. Stay where you are. It's like a safe environment. It's a good company. Da, 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 da. But then at some point I realized, are they not just all afraid? They're just afraid because I don't know where this is coming from, but it's still this old mindset of, oh, you need to be with a company for 10, 15 years. Otherwise they would think you're not loyal. Da, 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 da. And I think in the end, if you need to be really aware of what you're capable of, what your skills are, what you actually did in the past and what your achievements were. And I think every single person out there has achieved a lot in every freaking job you have worked. Mm -hmm. You need to be self-aware of that. Yeah. And then you should not be afraid because actually what I did once, uh, which helped me a lot, because I could see like sitting with my friends um, and uh, like everyone was complaining about, yeah, I mean, and then I talked to this person and I mean, she's so good at what she's doing. And then I actually told her or advised her, oh, well, you should become self-employed and do this or do that and da, da, da. But um, she actually doesn't see how good she is herself. And then I said to that person, oh, this is really interesting that you get, give third people such an advice. But when you look at your own career, you're afraid of moving. And uh, at some point we saw that it's really easy to give your friend an advice of doing something, but yourself you're afraid. So what I did is actually, I wrote like just down my profile and what I did. Da, 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 da. And actually what really helped me was the, the podcast when I was interviewed by Productized. So they interviewed me and I went after listening to this podcast, I thought, oh my God, what a kind of a kick ass woman is that? And it's myself. So it helped me first time realizing that I'm really good in what I'm doing because usually I'm also challenging myself and I'm, you know, and then, uh, then I was asking, okay, if this is now a third person, what advice would I give that person? And I would not be afraid. I would not give that person the advice to like stay because it's safe or da, 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 da. So I think in general, it really helps to write down your profile, become aware of your achievements, your skills, and then treat yourself like your profile as a third person. Mm. Imagine this is a friend. What advice would you give that person? It's often, it's, it would be often, don't be afraid. You're going to be fine because you're awesome. Uh, I'm trying to just to compliment what you're saying. Totally agree. But just to compliment recently, I'm trying to remember the name of the platform. But it's one of those online coaching. You can reach the people and pay per minute to get advice on product management, career coaching, whatever. You know, it's... Mm -hmm all things really and i got this guy remote developer in belgium he paid to talk to me like three dollars a minute to uh, just get pure and biased feedback on his next career move and i felt it was really interesting because i had no stakes in, in the game i wasn't his friend um he's paying so i'm gonna give him what he wants i actually asked him what do you really want i want unbiased feedback and um, yeah, I gave, it, I gave it to him. Like he told me his uh, life journey and his potentially, potential next moves. And I said, well, from my perspective, and that's why you're paying me for, um, and it's totally unbiased because I don't know you, except from what I've seen on your 
uh, CV, LinkedIn, and what it told me because sometimes CVs don't mm. really tell the whole story. Um, then I gave him advice, and uh, it's funny how people uh, are looking for this sort of unbiased. And it goes back to the when making this, am I stuck? Should I do it internally, externally, like find the next uh, challenge externally or within the company I am at? I think it's it's a very lonely. Um, the the question is should it be a lonely moment yeah. and if not then who to talk with because your family uh, and my family probably came from a time where you know jobs for life and you know they're gonna value like environment they're gonna value economics they're gonna value I guess competencies like achievements and yeah. stuff um, and having like a brand behind you you know but probably they're not gonna value the challenge that much yeah. Because, you know, job for life, where's the challenge in that, right? Exactly. Also flexibility, all the areas that you mentioned. I mean, um, like, I'm coming from the south of Germany, which is still quite conservative. And a, sorry to say that, but a bit outdated in some things. And uh, I think this kind of flexibility or like asking for remote work and this kind of concepts, they're just not they have not arrived everywhere. And like, what kind of requirements like my generation has to work? Um, they cannot like they just think we're a little bit mental <laughs> and uh, crazy because they cannot understand how yeah. you would actually ask for working from a swimming pool. I guess I mean it's a very generation issue, by the way. So there's no way, easy way to to solve this. My advice is uh, just uh, I mean you can talk with your friends and family, but uh, you know take it with a, a grain of salt, a lot of grains of salt, a lot mm -hmm. of salt. Um, and do your homework, you know, really think about it with your rational being. And if you need help, then get some unbiased help, you know, those are the best. Mm -hmm. um, the problem is sometimes you were talking to me before about realizing your strengths and stuff like that. What was the model? The, uh, the strength finder uh, concept by Gallup. I'm going to actually record another episode next week uh, on the concept. Sometimes the... And this could be a flaw of the fit model is if you think you're something you're not. Okay. Ideally, it will not affect. But if you don't really know what your strengths are, yeah. how can you know what your next step is? Yeah. So it can it can definitely affect. It's it's a flaw. You know, yeah. we're dealing with humans, so we're flawed by nature. Yeah. So the the biggest flaw in the Eurofit model is the human. But if the human has uh, realized their potential, what they really want, they have the career path. Yeah. They connect the dots. Yeah. When they come up with a life journey, and the dots are together, or they make sense, then it can really help. So, my final advice is is going back to you know just be rational about uh, it's 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 some maybe a lonely job. But, and you have to be truth to yourself. And if you really need help, get a biased one, get a coach, get, get pay someone to, yeah. to talk to you, someone yeah. in recruitment, someone who knows all the multiple, tap, uh, multiple paths out there yeah. to help you out. And someone who doesn't have a stake in the game because yeah. the families and friends, besides having different experiences and not realizing that, they also want the best for you. Yeah. And this can be the worst for you. Yeah. Anyway. Yes, before you do any unrational decisions, please uh, write me an email on employee at gmail.com. I'm always happy to help because I've been there and uh, somehow I found my way out there. All right. So um, how does 
how do you guys work at landing jobs? Uh, how do you as an how are you as an employer? How do you guys work? And do you have any let's say in, um, innovative ways of working that you would like to share with us? Sure. Um, I'm just gonna say one because I've never seen this in another company. So we we took that tours of duty concept. The, mm -hmm. the one I'm gonna send sure, you yeah. the link mm -hmm. after. So basically, okay, just. A step back so we have uh, feedback sessions every quarter and you know we have the typical stuff self-assessment you know uh, 360 all of those stuff but we have a segment which is the tour of duty tracking so uh, going back into what the tour of duty is could be someone just to give a couple of examples can be someone who is a junior dev and they want to become within a year they want to become uh, or within the year and a half they want to become mid-level developer and then maybe two years later become a senior developer and that's their uh, tour of duty step one turn from junior to mid-level what's the checklist and then the company helps them get there mm -hmm. the team helps them get there it's the responsibility of the lead to help them get to the next step of their tour of duty within landing jobs and we, we really try to 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 give the space for the person to realize what it is. So the tour of duty is not something the company assigns to you. It's not something the team lead will assign to you. It's yours. It's for your career. It's not mine to give to you. You have to figure it out. I've had cases of people where they were thinking about their tour of duty for like six months. And in that situation, it's the responsibility of the team lead, of, of the managers, to try to help that person figure out what the next step is for them. And the fit can be a good way to open their, their minds. Um, we, we just realized we need to give that space to the person. The tour of duty is their own. Tours of duty can change. Tours of duty can be um, conflicting with mm -hmm. other tours of duty. That's the dark side of this, but you know, that's life. Um, so that's one thing we do differently. I've never seen this in another company and I've seen tour of duty change. Like what happened with you in your career, I guess, is you had the tour of duty, which was deprecated and then you changed to a new one. Um, maybe you didn't call it like that. Maybe you don't have a timeline. Maybe you do. Um, but we try to put this into, a, I mean, we are engineers, both of the founders. So we try to do like, okay, what's the timeline for this? What do you think is the timeline that try to help them? Is that really the timeline? Don't you think you need more time based on our experience? And then try to come up with a checklist with milestones for them to get there. Mm -hmm. And, you know, tours of duty can have multiple steps but there's always an end goal. Mm -hmm. And in some situations, it only happened like a couple of times, there's people with two tours of duty. Like one, for instance, to become like a senior developer or something, and then another one on the side to become like, um, start working on the data science side. So trying to shift careers within the same company. Mm -hmm. It's a very interesting model. Uh, the, the word of advice, uh, the article that, uh, that uh, it's going to be shared with you guys. Um, it's very American. There's nothing wrong about that, but it doesn't fully apply to Europe in the sense that they try to allocate the tour of duty to a contract. Mm -hmm. we, I don't do that. So you have a contract with the company, that's it. The tour of duty is um, feedback kind of thing. It's more of a career development thing, but it's your thing. Mm -hmm. It's not the company. I mean, I just try to help you get there and I hope that tour of duty is within landing jobs. Yeah. Sometimes it happens, it's outside, and then we even help the person get some get the job elsewhere. Nice. 
All right, so we are at the end of our interview and uh, I have my last question that I ask everyone. Um, so you're the co-founder and you already have, I think, the chance to shape the ways how you find talent and how to discover your company and how the working environment looks like. Um, so I, I think you can already influence that a lot. Um, but there are probably things uh, which are not so easily solvable. So let's say if you would have the superpower to change one thing in terms of employment situations for your employees or in general job situations, what would you change? If I had a really massive superpower, I would change the mentality about equity and shares. So ownership. I would change ownership mentality. I want people with more ownership in the sense like I'm going to build this. I'm going to take profit from this long term. This is really hard to find these days. I know it's... But does it not also start with empowerment on your side? It does. I'm, I'm trying to do that. The Orfit the model, but it's very difficult. It's a cultural thing, to be honest, especially in Portugal. It's very tough. Um, some people don't even know what equity is. So we're in the stone age sometimes. But anyway, uh, we'll get there one day, hopefully. Let's see. All right, so um, if our listeners would like to get in touch with you, how can they get in touch with you? Well, basic LinkedIn, you know, for more uh, professional uh, things, email as well. Uh, if you want to um, see the other side, uh, then Twitter. All right. So that's uh, PCBO, that's my Twitter handle. Um, all right, we're going to link all of this. But you have to be ready for the things I share. Very technical, yeah. very fun sometimes, I guess, at least for me, but I don't care, it's sweeter. Fuck, you're gonna take with whatever shit I have in my brain. <laughs> All right, um, thank you very much, Pedro. And Thanks for having me. Thanks.